the VCG podcast is sponsored by Forget Me Not Flowers and Gifts in Barrie, Vermont. Forget Me Not Flowers and Gifts is at a new location on Main Street. So check them out if you're looking for flowers or gifts for someone in your life. Welcome to the Chaotic Goodcast, our weekly geeky roundtable. I'm your host, Doug Shute, and with me are my fellow casters, Rob Collegian from a pod's perspective. I got nothing today. Sorry. <laughs> ben Higgins from Quarterstaff Games. Maybe it's Maybelline. <laughs> Artist, illustrator of story comic, Barney Smith. The nicest thing. You could ever do for someone is to is to define the word bargain it means a great deal <laughs> and of course the chaotic good cast would not be complete without our geek of the north jason hunt baby it's cold outside no you can't sing that anymore not allowed it's allowed <laughs> If uh, if this is the first time you've joined us for the Chaotic Good Cast, this is our weekly our weekly podcast where we talk about all sorts of things from gaming to uh, movies to entertainment to all sorts of pop culture. Uh, we were doing it live on our Discord channel when we decided we'd move it to the YouTube channel so folks can watch and view live. So if you've got any questions or comments, feel free to put them in the chat. And if you're watching this after the fact, feel free to uh, put comments down there too as well. We like to uh, I always like to respond to everybody's uh, input and uh, feel free to join us every Monday night at nine p.m. Uh, we're, we're gonna do this uh, on the regular here uh, on YouTube and I want to thank everybody for, for tuning in. Our first regular segment is new at the store. Ben, take it away. Hey, so this week we've got a trio of new releases coming out. Uh, first up is the D&D Epic Monster card deck and the Creature and NPC card deck. These are from Gale Force 9. Uh, they basically contain just more information from your uh, your books in, in nice, easy to reference card form. So you're not having to flip through page and page and page to get all this stuff. Uh, the Epic Monster cards are actually uh, giant oversized cards for the 77 biggest uh, monsters in, in the game. And then the Creature and NPC cards is 182 of your normal size cards that just bring a bunch of NPCs uh, from the Monster Manual and Volo's Guide to Monsters. Nice. That's cool. Nice. Very cool. Yeah, Very cool. we we sell a bunch of these at the store. Uh, they've they've done spell cards and and other monster cards, and tons of players. First, yeah, when they first did the spell cards, they were amazing. Yeah, it's it's so easy just to pull out like the five or six things you're going to need, both as a DM yeah. or as a player, rather than having to continually flip through four or five different books for everything that you got. Uh, so I'm expecting these to do really well this holiday season. Uh, next up, we have the Wingspan European Expansion. Uh, so Ooh. this is from Stonemeyer Games. Uh, this is hitting retail. Uh, I know a few people that ordered directly through Stonemeyer uh, started receiving theirs uh, as early as last week, and retail is now getting it uh, hot on the heels of those uh, direct orders. Uh, for those of you who are not familiar, Wingspan is a really cool game that just blew up the board game world earlier this year. And we've got the, the expansion that will add 81 new uh, 
bird cards and all of these will have a European focus where all the cards from the base game came from North America. So we're going to start diversifying around the world as we go through. Uh, and this is hot, hotly desired. Uh, I'm really looking forward to diving into this. And uh, I hope that a lot of the new mechanics uh, and abilities that are in here uh, really make the game a lot uh, more dynamic. Because while I love the base game and I have it, uh, there are a lot of repeated abilities through some of the the birds and everything. So I'm really looking to mix it up and add a little bit more diversity to my game. Nice. You're going to dive into a game about birds, are you? We, we are. Yeah. Hey, you know, that, that's, that's one thing that I've always, you know, if someone had said, Hey, you know what? One of the po most popular games for 2019 is going to be about birds. I would have told them that that is ridiculous. Yeah. That's not going to happen. But this game has been on fire. Like, stores can't keep it in stock yeah it's uh we we've actually uh stashed a few copies uh that we've managed to get in from our distributors and we're holding them for small business saturday uh and we're going to release those uh, in a couple of days here so uh yeah it's a super uh super just in demand and it's really cool that it is so rooted in like some scientific basis uh, the cards all have the scientific names, the the Latin names of the characters, all of the uh, little stats that are on there, wingspan, obviously, given the name of the game, uh, what type of nest the bird uses, how many eggs on average they may lay. Those are all very much rooted in the actual science of it, even though it's been kind of uh, trimmed down to fit the mechanics. I think one of the the most I don't know if it's you know at least half the excitement of this expansion is just getting the new illustrations and the new bird facts oh they're gorgeous um, yeah. because it is yeah, it is beautiful. gorgeous they're drawn in kind of that I don't there used to, I used to get these these cards in the mail as a kid mm -hmm. from like the National yes. Wildlife Foundation yeah yep. yeah uh, some of them some of them were real pictures but some of them were these illustrations and that's what the kind of wingspan reminds me of yeah yeah, yeah they're 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 beautiful and and spot on <laughs> That's uh, it's definitely uh, uh, one of those games that uh, I would have, like I said, I would have never guessed that it would be this popular. Yeah, uh, I think it really speaks uh, to the fact that the game's just really mechanically sound and it just hits with all sorts of gamers. Yeah, it's uh, mechanically it's it's right up there. A lot of uh, terraforming Mars is my favorite board game, and it shares a lot of the same kind of engine building like. Make, um, feelings that I get from Terraforming Mars, but it takes it from what is a multi-hour game into something that I can play in 90 minutes or so with a oh, full nice. table. So it uh, plays quick, plays fast, uh, super easy to teach. Really good game. Definitely check it out. How's the replayability? Uh, every card's unique. Every card is different with a, with a different bird. So you're going to see a lot of different birds. Like I said, you see a lot of the same abilities on some of the birds. Uh, that said, because the deck is completely shuffled and and you can only pick through three different birds at a time, uh, you get a lot of different ways to build your engine. So there's a lot of replayability. That's um, cool. I've started seeing, you know, 
after going through some of the same combinations, but I've also played the game a ton, uh, which is another reason I'm looking forward to adding these 81 new birds to the already 170 or so that are in there. And it'll just Ooh. add a, a, okay. a, a nice mix. <laughs> that's a lot of birds. Yeah, that's a lot of birds. <laughs> a lot of birds. Yeah. Somebody call off for Hitchcock. Um, question for you, Ben. I, as yeah. uh, we know, this is uh, this is airing. This is going to air on the podcast here on on Thursday, which of course mm-hmm. will be Thanksgiving. Um, have you uh, have you bumped up any of your inventory for the store going into uh, you know the the Thanksgiving so, weekend? Yeah, uh, a little bit. Not as not as much as previous years, honestly. Um, okay. One of the thing. One of the trends were really noticing and and it was just kind of brought you know clarity to us uh a couple couple weeks ago was the fact that the board game industry right now following the trend of of kickstarter and all of that is very much what is hot in these two weeks and then it's you buy those and then you move on um Yes, there are small amounts of games, which we would call evergreen, which we always want to keep in stock. But basically, once something sells through, there's something else to put in its space. So we're not bumping up as much. We're basically just going to be continuously refreshing the shelves with new product through the entire holiday season. Oh, nice. Okay. Very cool. Uh, I was just kind of curious. And yeah. Speaking from someone that has a retail background, I, I know that, uh, you know, this is... Uh, yeah. A lot of times, this is when the stores really kind of, you know, bring in a lot yeah. of back inventory, and and uh, their, their yeah. back room is just stock full. And and uh, we've you know, uh, we've definitely done that with a few things. Dice being one of them, we have stocked a lot of dice for the next uh, six weeks because nice. those are going to uh, they fly dice off the shelf big anyway. Stocking stuffers. <laughs> yeah, they fly off yeah. the shelf anyway, and when people come in and they go, oh, uh, you know, I need something. Dice are great. Yeah. thing to put them into but i know we're going to talk a little bit more about gift giving later so i don't want to go yeah, too much yeah, into we'll, it. Uh, that's going to be our featured content uh, the, the last segment of the show will be uh five gifts for your the geek in your life and uh hopefully uh, we'll give you some uh, some ideas for some folks that uh maybe you are struggling finding gifts for but that'll that'll be later on in the show one, one big hint it won't be monopoly <laughs> oh it won't be the longest version of monopoly ever yeah, what the heck is that Did you you posted that on on facebook uh i, read that. That it, I would so have ridiculous. thought it was a joke if i didn't get the official press release and offer of a free sample of it oh, did you um, really offer to get it you get an offer to uh, review it and yep yep i'm in? actually i'm waiting on a bunch of stuff from hasbro um so i don't know when they'll send me this one because uh, I know I'm still waiting on on Fortnite Jenga, but um, <laughs> yeah, so 60, 66 properties, only one die to move. Huh. Um, all of the rules that people play wrong, like getting money on free parking, like they're official rules now. Um, it basically just tries to make, and you cannot win unless you own all sixty six properties. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, you can't go bankrupt. The uh, the, the money apparently is um perforated so you can r- rip it in half to double it um, <laughs> when you run out of money just rip your money in half that's a tip for children yeah. <laughs> i had two five dollar bills dad i ripped them in both in half and now i have 20 right <laughs> yeah no it's just, i don't i i don't understand it just must must be people like just hate 
to like spend time with their families or friends to play yeah. the longest Monopoly ever version. I don't know. The I only good why. Monopoly game on the market right now is the one that's made entirely out of chocolate, so you can just eat the damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I saw that in the store the other day, actually. That's why I brought it up. I happened to be passing by the till and they had this little box. And I'm like, why is there a Monopoly game here? It's a, it's a convenience store. I look at it and I'm like, wait, this whole thing is made of chocolate. <laughs> If a property pisses you off, just pop it in your mouth. <laughs> pop it in your mouth. The the Monopoly Gamer series is really good because they it is. they're made in such a way that they can't really exceed like forty five minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though the the Fortnite Monopoly is technically not in the gamer line, um, it it shares those similar mechanics, and it's actually probably the most interesting out of all of them as you're kind of like going around the board and shooting each other and. Um, and they all have a little quirk, like the Sonic one is really fast. The dice go from two to seven, and all the special abilities have you moving quick. Um, yeah, so if you want a quick Monopoly, try those. Yeah, I, uh, uh, I, I've always been a big fan of the uh, the uh, Mario uh, uh, the Mario uh, version of the uh, uh, Monopoly gamer with with the mario one we we actually featured that on the show when it first came out um yeah so uh i think that's uh is that everything that's new at the store this week ben i do just want to uh mention one big release that you probably will not be able to buy at your store because it's completely sold out everywhere uh and this is from games workshop it is the sisters of battle army set uh, this has been a very eagerly awaited product. These are plastic models, which previous to this have only been available in metal and a lot of the time only been available uh, direct through GW. Uh, so this coming yeah. into uh, into some local stores uh, is, is pretty big uh, for this faction. The, so the meta here, they ordered like 60 boxes and yeah. they ended up paring it down to only 30. So now the local GW store that we have here is actually having customers, you know, filling out all the uh, customer service requests saying, what the hell? (laughs) We, you you want us to play these things. We order 60 of them. You only send us 30. And now we have 30 customers who are pissed. (laughs) uh, They, they really didn't. uh, I mean, I think they knew demand was going to be big. I'm not sure if they knew demand was going to be as big as it was. Uh, GW have, has always been kind of terrible at that. Well, they being a publicly traded company, they really like going back to their shareholders and saying, look, we sold out. Yeah, mm, it looks so. fabulous, I'm sure. <laughs> it, it's fantastic for investment. Yeah. Um, sold but, out, they're clamoring for more. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, these these are these are going to be out there and uh, the some of the yeah. new sculpts look fantastic. A lot of them look very similar to their previous ones, but just yeah. more, more detail, more, more everything on them. So they're, they're going to be out there, but good luck finding one that's not spoken for. That will be, if you're, if you're a miniature war gamer and you play 40 K that, that will be the, the must have. <laughs> if you get a box of those, everyone who gave, whoever was involved in giving you those loves you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Because I bet you 10 to 1, if you look on eBay, like even tomorrow, once people have those oh, in yeah. hand, they'll be selling for double, triple, quadruple the price of the box. Probably. I was just going to say, yeah, check check eBay now. They're yeah. probably already up there. Sure. sure. I got one of the uh, limited edition Necron codexes because I love the Necrons. And I, I just bought it because it looked cool. 
And two days after I got the thing, I had friends asking me if they could buy it from me for like triple the price because it was going on eBay for five times the price. So they were going to buy it for me and then resell it on eBay themselves. (laughs) Crazy, crazy. All right. Well, that's going to do it for new at the store. Let's head on over to the box office beat where we talk about all that reign supreme on the box at the box office last weekend Um, to no one's surprise. And I think to, to Barney's delight, uh, we have a new number one in the box office this weekend. And uh, it's, it's by this little, this little uh, movie production studio that uh, I don't know if you've all heard of, heard of them, but it's this uh, company called Disney. Yeah, you gotta uh, check them out. I, they're gonna, yeah, they're I think uh, I think uh, you know I think they might actually make a profit this year. Uh, things in their future, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they debuted, of course, with Frozen Two, which estimated about 127 million on its opening weekend. Not too bad for uh, for an animated feature. Uh, it is the I think it set the the record for. Uh, the uh, biggest open animated opening in November, and it is also the third best animated film debut of all time, uh, not including uh, inflation. So that's pretty crazy. I never saw that movie. What's that about? Frozen? <laughs> no, Inflation. Oh, inflation? Oh. Inflation's the sequel to Up. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Another Disney property. <laughs> Would, wouldn't that be a prequel? Well, it might be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, critics seem to love it. They, it gave uh, uh, 90% positive review aggregator uh, aggregator on Rotten Tomatoes. So that's good. Um, yeah, guys, are we at all surprised that uh, Frozen 2 uh, debuted at $127 million? <laughs> No. I, I'm looking at 130 million on IMDb. Are you looking I'm, at 130? I mean, it, my numbers might have been a little early on uh, Sunday, so it might have it might have even opened yeah. higher than yeah. that. Yeah. Um, I'm no surprise here at all. I mean, it's it like usually usually winter movies they come out during the winter and they do well, especially if they're themed in the winter. Like the Home Alone movies came out around Christmas time. They did very well during the Christmas period, but after the Christmas period, they very quickly faded away. Right. But Frozen, like Disney was re-releasing that in theaters in the summer. Yeah. To get yeah. more, and, and people were showing up. It wasn't a case of, you know, three people came into the theater because they thought it would be cool. Theaters were packed again for that movie. It was just, like, there's no end of the love for that. And a lot of that, I think, is the animation style now. They've really got that nailed down. And the songs were amazing. Yeah, so who, anybody else other than Jason and myself seen it? Uh, I, I have not. I also want to, uh, one more thing. Frozen 2 also scored the biggest opening for an animated film in the UK, France, and China. Even the wow. Chinese like it? That's usually, impressive. Yeah, usually usually Western <laughs> animation doesn't do that well in the Asian yeah. market. They usually, because they're all looking at it going, what is this? This that's, is so plain. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that is surprising to me. Yeah. Huh. So, so Barney, you, you got to see it. Jason, you said you saw it? I did, yes. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So um, would, uh, let's uh, let's I, let's talk a little uh, bit about it. I have a crush on Idina Menzel. Okay. Yeah, that's I said fair. it. That's I said okay. it. It's a thing. It's a real thing. She's like she's super talented. When we went to New York, uh, my wife and I a few years back, uh, we went to see Wicked on Broadway. Oh wow! And I did not look at another piece of anything on that stage. <laughs> 
they had I, we, we were lucky enough to get there when Idina was actually singing and I just I was sitting there staring at her the whole time okay. not in a creepy way I was just like wow those noises are coming out of that woman's mouth that's amazing <laughs> I, folks I expect the internet to uh, make some sort of Jason meme now yeah. if, if you if you don't I'm gonna be very disappointed <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it is. Like even my wife was even like, wow, you really, because the instant we got out of that theater, I went home at, well, I went online. Actually, we were still in uh, the States. I went online and I bought the soundtrack for Wicked. And then I was just Googling Idina Menzel, like every song that she'd ever <laughs> sung anywhere. I was just like, I need it. I want it. I got to have it. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's uh, the things, the things we find out about the geek yeah, of the hey? on this podcast. <laughs> she's, she's singing a song about Frozen. It's, it's my thing. It's my people. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's all good. This is my life. Yeah, basically. <laughs> So Barney, you actually took uh, you took your daughters to Frozen too? I, well, I took my I took the the, the five year old. I couldn't take the three year old because of that whole the fiasco with the Spider Man Spider Man two. Oh yeah, not again. And and I got I got to say it was you know watching it and it was it was true to form when we talked about it last week about the the early reviews of it that down the line half the reviewers said it was better than the first one and wow. the, yeah. the other ones said it was that in while well, others were saying no the first one was better no one ever said it was a bad movie and what i liked about it compared to a lot of things and if i and if this is probably if i remember if you know keeping pixar out of it this is the first animated sequel that has been a theatrical, theatrical released animated sequel from Disney, I believe. I think so. It sounds. About I think so. Right. Yeah, I usually. Right. Yeah, everything else has been straight to Blu-ray or DVD yeah. or whatever. Yeah, the VHS yeah. with a wrong-sounding genie. That's. I mean, Pixar. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> the sound like period yeah. is terrible. Pixar puts out. Yeah, Pixar they, they, does sequels exactly. all the time. I mean, yeah. well, we got like Cars Ten now. I don't know, but uh, <laughs> yeah, and then you know, then you. Uh, it's so yeah. And then you got you know Wally to the Revenge of the Robot or whatever. But anyway, oh my God, they that had... movie was so terrible. <laughs> they had what I gotta say though about for those people. And this is I talked to this at, at work today. So I'm, just, I'm not sure. I don't know how you're gonna be better than the, see a movie that's that's a sequel to that. It was kind of its own story. But I gotta say, it's like to not to not not to give away any. This isn't giving away anything. But when I told the person, they said basically it really kind of focuses on, you know, the origin story of, of where Elsa got her powers from and it focuses on how their parents met. So it, it's, it kind of dives deeper into the, the, the history of the family oh, and, okay. and the, and the songs are great. As soon as we got home, yeah. we started playing it on Spotify. They're, they're catchy, yeah. they're fun. And, and being, pure as being someone who's been used to watching all the mcus i was waiting for the i was waiting for the you know if you go out you watch any youtube video talking about you know like any mcu movies like it's like here are all the easter eggs it's like 50 easter eggs in every like superhero movie yeah. and here's like here's all the easter eggs of frozen 2 six like it, was, <laughs> like, it was, like it was in a lot of things i'm like i what did i miss you know and, and yeah. a lot of them weren't weren't like you know some pop culture references but i gotta say you don't even need you don't even have to fake it and bring a kid with you you can actually go by yourself no. and watch it yeah. <laughs> um over two-thirds of the theater when i went uh adult 
Over well, two thirds. How long has it been since Frozen? The first Frozen's been out. That came out in 2013 or 2013. Yeah, quite okay, that so long ago. So, so it's been yeah. six years. Yeah. So you've got a lot of kids that you know, probably a lot of, you know, I don't know. Yeah. You probably probably some of that audience that, that watched Frozen has has matured some and. Yeah. Yeah. This is where your 10 and 11 year olds take your you will go with your family and bring the five and six year olds and say you need to see this movie <laughs> yeah, yeah. and then the it's, parents are just like no i don't want to sing let it go for the next six months yeah, I mean, <laughs> oh but it's happening yeah the a plot is great you had a b plot and then you kind of had everybody kind of had their own place in shining even olaf the, the the i was i didn't i didn't really notice it until i read a review about it that Olaf kind of goes through an existential crisis because it's like, you know, it's like, like he's not funny, really. He's more like, I was, he's funny, but he's more like, uh, um, oh, what's the guy's name from Friends? Uh, the snarky Chandler? Chandler. Chandler. He's more like Chandler funny, where like he's more sarcastic, uh, okay. but he's still, he, he is pure about it. Like he's not, he's not, he's not angry about things. He just is more or less just like, you know, like talking to kids about, you know, you know, the, the wisdom of youth and all this, but there's kind of a almost like dark undertones about it that I didn't notice until I read an article about it. I'm like, all right. All right. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, there's a, and there is just like any Disney movie, there is literally over half, I would say this, over half the jokes are not. They go over the kids' heads. They over the kids' heads, but they're oh, yeah. funny, but they're still. Yeah. 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 Nice. Now here's here's the question: Do do you guys think that it will surpass what uh, what the first movie did? If you were to make a guess, I don't think talk, it will. Are we, are we I mean, talking it, like in the first couple of weeks? I or? mean, over its run. Well, I mean, it, yeah. It, I think this will think peter out is, faster than the first one. Yeah. Do you think so? There, there isn't a whole lot of kids' movies that are that are going to be out for the long haul, and that's one thing that the Disney kind of I think they they purposely I'm made gonna, it this way is that I'm there's no say, no direct family like movie competition coming up I'm other than like this. maybe star wars right i'm gonna say this i'm gonna say that um in five years from now i think it'll be it'll be considered more critically acclaimed because there's a lot more in-depth storyline where the, if you look at the first frozen follows it, it, it follows that pattern like you have a villain and you know there's heartbreak and all this kind of stuff where you have this yeah this, this one actually is I would I would go so far as to say this would be considered this is the Empire Strikes Back to Frozen Star Wars <laughs> like it's just better and like I, objectively wow. it's better. Okay, so 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 here so now that you've said the the Empire Strikes Back now do now it's think, on now, do do we yeah which by the way is like one of my favorite movies of all time. That's why way. I said now it's on because that's I, Doug's I, favorite. I said in the in our Discord and the VCG Discord that the the Empire Strikes Back is probably the best act two movie of all time it's it's i i would say though it is i it's no battle of endor but i'll give you something <laughs> okay, yeah. okay so so here's here's my question i, I don't know do, if do, it's the best though you i don't think it's aliens aliens oh absolutely or, well, I, father I mean yeah I mean, yeah yeah there, there are we should, a lot have of, a, we should have a segment about that we, we should we all should, get together our, maybe, our, maybe our second act movies and our, our best uh, our favorite second act yeah. movies uh, I think that's uh, that would be a great segment. Uh, European vacation is going to win. <laughs> so my question for you guys: Do we think that there'll be a Frozen Three? 
I don't yeah. see why they wouldn't because they're they it's I it's a it's it was very well I mean Jason can probably attest to this too it had it had what I liked about Frozen the first one it had a very uh, encompassing there was no like you know stay tuned kind of deal and this one too it wraps it up but it still opens up more stories that you could tell yeah it's like they're in this tiny little kingdom and they really don't go much beyond that tiny little kingdom so there's lots of opportunity because in the first movie they mention um the the people uh um, from that Duke that who couldn't dance and his hair kept flopping around. I can't remember his yeah. name now. Oh yeah, but the Duke it, of Weselton. Uh, Weselton, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, they could do something with that because um, they were obviously you know a big influence in the first movie. They could just have something happen over there. You know, take take the characters out of Arendelle and get them into the larger world. Like people have been theorizing ever since the first movie came out, you know, the ship, the ship sank and they're saying, well, what if that's the ship that Ariel found in the little mermaid? And, you know, they just connected oh. it along to all these other Disney movies. I mean, we um, can at least, there's at least a definite connection to, to Tangled. Yeah. Flynn and, and Rapunzel were in the are, first are movie. In the, yeah. They're actually in the scene uh, visiting yeah. the, visiting yeah. the palace. Yeah. So they could do all kinds of stuff with that. Like they could bust out a whole animated version of that terrible um, TV series they had. What was it called? En- Enchanted, where they had um, oh, um, all of all yeah. the live action people playing all the Disney characters. That was uh, that was yeah. that was horrendous. But no, was they could do that animated. Yeah. Once upon a time, that's what it was. That's what yeah. Once upon a time, yeah. Enchanted was the the movie that was yes. kind of like a, a spin on yeah, you know, like a parody of Disney stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like they could do it. They could totally do a whole animated franchise of that. Because right now Disney is such a hot property that if they were to go back to uh, to uh, to Ming Na and say, "Hey, you want to be Mulan again in an animated thing?" and she'd be like, "Hello," <laughs> like, like nobody's going to turn that now down. We're in the Frozen cinematic universe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it, well, it'll, it'll be the, it'll be the DCU, which will really piss off um, DC Comics. <laughs> the Disney cinematic universe. There'll be a lawyer. We have a law battle there. <laughs> Disney would win. DC's oh, worth they, like nothing. They right would now. just buy Disney and say you lose. <laughs> no, I would say for anybody that's thinking about, you know, it's it was I really I really liked it a lot. It was you won't was come great. out of it thinking that you're being ripped off. No, okay. not at all. That's good. that's good. And it was and honestly, as I say, it was a it was objectively a really well told story. And we knew that we talked about it last week. You, we knew it wasn't going to be bad. You knew right. that the story was going to be good. Right. Uh, anything that Disney puts out there, they I, it's ever since Michael Eisner left, they've been they've been really good at putting out really good yeah. stories. And they actually do the they do their due diligence when they do their research. They'll actually make the effort to learn the backgrounds. Like if they're going to do something set in Norway, which is this is very similar to to like a Norwegian kind of landscape sort of thing. They actually have people that go over there. They're animators. They're story people, and they actually stay there for a while to get local flavor that they can put in the movie and do it properly. They're not just going to slap things around and then have, you know, the entire population of half of Europe or whatever saying, Oh my God, you people think this is what Europe, then, 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 you know, then they'd be complaining everywhere. But ever since like when Moana, they had the entire production crew was in Hawaii for half the production, just learning about the local culture and stuff like that to put it into the movie, to make it better. 
Like Disney does not make mistakes like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It no. was yeah. I would say I yeah. I, to to put a to put a button on it, I would say it's it was it was well it was well worth the time. And it's it's so much better when you take somebody with you that really enjoys it. It sure. was it was fun. There's a couple for just for, if you're having kids. I met my five year old. There's a couple scary parts for a five year old. And okay. there was a, she had to cover herself up, uh, you know, cover her eyes on a couple scenes. I mean, uh-huh. I mean, other than that, yeah, when they had that, that huge gun battle where they shot up everybody and that blood splattered all over the screen. <laughs> um, I'd say the third movie is going to go super dark because that's yeah. when the Fire Nation's going to yeah. attack. <laughs> that's, that's John Wick, John Wick John chapter Rick. four. Frozen. You killed my snowman. <laughs> Do you want to kill a snowman? Oh man! It doesn't right. have to be a snowman. <laughs> it doesn't have to be a snowman. Uh, let's go back to the top ten. Let's finish out the top ten. Uh, of course, number one was Frozen Two. Number two was last week's number one, which was Ford versus Ferrari. Uh, brought in sixteen million dollars in its second week. Um, number three a was a beautiful. Drop. Yeah, it's a, about a 49% drop, which, uh, you know, isn't too bad for that type of movie. Uh, number three was an, is another movie that debuted last weekend, which was the movie that I kind of really want to see starring Tom Hanks, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. It's the uh, Fred Rogers uh, biopic, which I think would be a fantastic movie. Um, I don't yeah. know how. Let me let me just see if I can find. I think it's, uh, it's just yeah. getting lost in the wash of Frozen right now. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, it definitely uh, it's definitely solid, but they 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 didn't they kind of they, they expected a little bit more. Um, they think it will probably do fairly well long term, just because uh, it's got some potential Oscar nominations uh, tied to it. Oh, there's like my cat. Oh, uh, <laughs> kitty. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so it, it's got a, a an A on Cinema Score, which is good for from uh, opening weekend audiences, and uh, the audiences skewed fi- slightly female at fifty two percent and uh, older at seventy five percent over twenty five, which isn't really surprising. Sorry, Doug, you were saying things. I was watching the cat. Yeah, yeah this, cat, <laughs> this cat evidently wants to be on the chaotic well, good cast. I think. I think um, I think this movie will pick up steam rather than, or if it does start to slip, it will slip very slowly. Okay, no, I'm not. I'm not petting you right now. <laughs> Pet the cat, Doug. I'm not petting the cat. It won't leave. You're gonna end up with a petition. So they're gonna have like one of those change.org polls where you didn't pet your cat. <laughs> and be, like, be looking we for need, we need Doug to pet the cat. She's, yeah. You should see this cat. This cat is like giving me the er, the evil eye. Like and it's like. Well, I'm gonna I'm say though. This with the with the Mr. Rogers biopic. This this goes for that thing we've seen in 2019, where there's just been a lot of there's just been a lot of uh, biopics that have been going out. Yeah, here, yeah. Starting mm-hmm. with Bohemian Rhapsody, and yeah. then you had Rocket Man, and then you had Je- uh, Je- June. Was it was that one with Judy? Uh, uh, there's Harriet. Judy. 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 Yeah, Harriet. Yeah, they had Mar- yeah Marilyn, and then Judy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it seems to be the new trope for Hollywood, I guess now to do a biopic. So they'll be yeah. dredging up every. Uh, 70s early 60s and before actor or it's the real now. world cinematic although, universe although I don't, did, <laughs> did, oh did any of you guys the rcu the, actual, <laughs> the, the rcu 
Uh, did any of you guys see the actual uh, Fred Rogers like documentary that was out? Uh, I, I think it was like a year or so ago. Um, we we have it. Like, Beatrice has uh, Beatrice has seen it, and she really she really I, liked it. Um, yeah. I haven't seen it yet, but I still I want to. Oh, you should definitely watch it. It's 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 a wonderful movie. And she also we seemed to like Sydney. that pop tart. So what does that say? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, pop tarts are delicious. No matter. I, I'm, not, I'm not arguing. Had, I'm, uh, I'm just I'm just making fun. <laughs> I, I had one of those raspberry pop tarts too, and it, it was pretty good. It's it's not going to replace chocolate for me. But what? Uh, what? No, <laughs> come on now. Wait a minute. What are you drinking? Are you drinking Mountain Dew? Oh my hey, God. No. Do you ever sleep? This is the worst product placement ever. This, this, uh, I swear podcast. These have less caffeine than a bottle of, of regular Mountain Dew, and these only have 90 calories. <laughs> he's I not just a model. And he's if a Game Fuel would like to sponsor <laughs> the podcast, you hit me know, up right? at uh, victoryconditiongaming at gmail.com. We'll be oh, like Game Fuel. <laughs> this is my um, jam. <laughs> um i i will say that the, yeah i will agree that the uh fred rogers documentary was was very good i would love to watch that and then watch the uh the tom hanks movie that they did so uh, i'm really excited to see it i hope to see it maybe while it's in the theater we'll see it's one of those movies that i'll probably go see in the matinee uh and uh you know when did I, the fred rogers show stop airing oh that was oh. quite a few years ago was it back in the seventies or was it the early eighties? No, oh, no, no, it was like in the. I think it was in the nineties, wasn't it? I would oh, even really? say the nineties. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna okay. say it's it's gotta See, be the nineties. That's that's the thing. For speaking on behalf of my country, um, at least in my section of the country, Fred Rogers was not a thing. We knew about him, but he was Didn't not. Did he on, start in Canada? He, <laughs> no, he was not on Canadian TV. You, yeah, you need to go watch the documentary, Rob. Okay, 2001. It ended in 2001. Oh, was really? it 2001? Oh, wow. It really wasn't right. that long? Wow. Yeah. 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 Uh, 1968, 2001, and he did a whopping 895 episodes. Oh, wow. my God. And, and you know what? It was, it, I, I don't want to, like, the, the documentary goes over so many things, and, like, he, with all the subject matter and everything that uh, he, he took on, and he, and he, and he didn't, like there was a lot of pre- there was a lot of pressure on him from broadcasting to keep everything muted and not address a lot of things that were going on at the time and you know for oh. him to go no I'm I I, th- I want to address this we need to have kids kids have to like understand this this is I'm going to use my show to you know educate kids and to tell them that this is this is what's going on and this is how you're supposed to treat people and this is this is what you know i man i looking back on it now like that was that was some brave stuff from from from, from mr rogers tv he was very very matter of fact uh beatrice was telling me in the movie they go over the the dead goldfish story Um, where or something where like they started filming like one of the goldfish in his tank had died. Okay. Um, and they actually filmed an episode around that. Like he they did, yes. The goldfish out and he showed the kids like the dead goldfish and they, you know, talked about life and death. And yep. it's like he just, yeah. <laughs> he, he, he didn't pull his punches, but he didn't kind of go over the top either. He, right, he spoke right. to his audience 
uh, honestly, and I think that's probably one of his biggest uh, biggest legacies is, you know, there was just so many things that, you know, even as a kid, you may not know how serious they, they were, but um, it's not like he, he talked about things in a way that made you scared, um, whether, you know, you know, no matter what was going on. Um, he, he his voice almost never just... changed tone, so that was a big advantage for him. Yeah. Well, I mean, it did when he was like voicing the puppets and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> but like when he was speaking to his audience, his voice was just uh, yeah. right across. Yeah. Well, even <laughs> you when you watch him, but the when he was invited to the Supreme Court to yeah. defend PBS, like oh yeah, 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 even even then, like his voice is just like he just. He sat there and he said his piece, and everyone was just in awe of him. Yeah, yeah. everyone was like, "Oh my god, <laughs> Mister Rogers is telling me things. I need to listen." <laughs> he could command a room without being forceful. Yeah, yeah he yeah. was very, very commanding without being over the top. So it kind of reminds me of a little bit of the piece that you were just talking about: is that he wasn't condescending to his audience, and it, re- it was very rarely do you see that in a, and this is a thing if you look at it from a writing perspective if you look at some of your favorite some of your favorite characters what it's just kind of a side note is that uh one of the reasons why the x-files was so popular so quickly is that it talked about really obscure things but it wasn't condescending it didn't make the the audience feel stupid as it, as as Mulder was explaining it he just assumed the audience was understood and that's what Fred Rogers did too. Yeah. Mr. Rogers talked to people as if they understood and he didn't make them feel, didn't make them feel. Yeah. Don't start off from thinking, well, obviously you people are all stupid. So let me use little words. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was thinking he didn't make kids feel small. Right. Yeah. Like he made them feel like people. Yeah. He talked to them on their level. Yeah, it was it, it's a great uh, great documentary and and like I said it definitely makes me I grew up with Fred Rogers and and uh, I you know I like literally no, not literally, yeah. oh, but like okay. watching him on TV. <laughs> you know, I was going to say that would have been really cool, Doug. You know, we we uh, yeah, I uh, uh, he was one of those shows that I had on the daily, you know, as I was in Canada it was mostly the seven, eight years old and Mr. Dress Up. We Mr. Had, Dress Up. Well, I'm glad to see that, that the Fred Rogers Institute is still a thing. And I was watching as I was watching the trailer for that this uh, uh, the the Fred Rogers biopic, and the music in the background. And my little girl said, "Hey, how come it's Daniel? Why they're playing Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood?" So, oh, yep. So yep. it's good that they're they're continuing that to a new generation, making it and you know having their own having an updated version of Mr. Rogers neighborhood. Absolutely. Oh, and my, my little guy loves Daniel Tiger. Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> it's. <laughs> we, we turned Daniel Tiger into a drinking game. No, I'm kidding. Oh, oh no. Uh, let's, let's go <laughs> back that? on that. No, let's go back to the top 10, uh, finish it out. Uh, number four was another number one movie, which was 21 bridges, uh, which I didn't see too much. It, it, it stars uh, Chadwick Bosman uh bozeman i guess is how you pronounce it i guess i, I don't know uh bozeman yeah. yeah didn't really do all that much it brought in just 9.3 million which i think is probably a lot less than they thought it was going to be they're, uh trying for a cop movie they were like a, literally they were going for like a cop movie like like the 80s oh, cop movies yeah <laughs> 
I think we're uh, going past that. Oh, I got mine now. Number five was mid <laughs> was uh, mid midway, uh, which was in its third week. Uh, number six was playing with fire. Number seven was the good liar. Number eight is a movie that I don't think is going to make the top ten, and which is going to be really sad because this yeah, is like it's, third week. Char- this will be its third it's week out. next weekend. Next Charlie's week. Angels dropped all yeah. the way to number eight. Uh, and Total gross Cullen- of fourteen million dollars in two weeks. Yeah. Oh, Ouch. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, not good. That's harsh. Uh, number nine was Last Christmas. And number 10 is the movie that I really enjoyed. It's just not appearing on a whole, a whole lot of screens now uh, with just a little over 1,400 screens now. On uh, now, It's uh, Joker. I, I really liked that movie. I thought it was really good. Um, not good in a good sense, but uh, it was definitely good in the it's way it was well shot. Made. And the way it was, yeah, the way it was, the way it was handled. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's the box office beat. Uh, let's go right into – we're going to talk – the Mandalorian moment. We're going to talk about the Mandalorian episode three and Rob has not seen this. So I'm going to tell anybody that is watching this right now or is listening to the podcast. If you haven't watched episode three and you don't want spoilers, I'm going to give you to the count of five to turn this off or fast forward about 15, 20 minutes and then, and, and, and then we'll go. We'll. we'll, we'll I talk thought this about, was supposed to be five minutes. Yeah. Well, we'll <laughs> see. I, I'm going to deep dive into this one pretty well. Uh, let's go. Five, four, three, two, one. Okay, y'all. Uh, you're all uh, spoiler warned. All Episode right, yeah. three was amazing. Okay, so I don't know how they're doing this, but every single episode of The Mandalorian keeps getting better. Am I wrong, guys, or what? <laughs> no, you're not wrong. It's uh, this one. I mean, this is the one that's setting the rest of the series in motion, and it is. Yeah, it, the plot is on a on a run now, and I'm very much looking forward to see where it goes. Yes, that's Jason. what I heard as news today. Um, there was a rumor going around that John Favreau was being given the entire next trilogy to do. Wow, that's crazy. He's, because that people are so. <sighs> stoked about how the mandalorian is going okay so so we should we should just before we went live it was announced that the mandalorian has has dethroned stranger things as the most demanded streaming show uh after like 21 months straight uh the mandalorian is now the number one show like in streaming demand so that says a lot since it's only been out for three not even three weeks it's only been out for like two weeks you're welcome and... disney you can comp my my disney place. <laughs> uh, it, it was hard to do but uh, i made it happen how many how many of us is, have watched uh, the mandalorian i've watched it four times i've, I've watched uh... watched it three times I've watched it. I've only watched it once. I, okay. I guess, like I say, it's. Oh, it was fun. I had that toy. Sorry. I know okay. you guys are petting your cat, so I had to get my strider. My little <laughs> so, so the Mandalorian episode two, uh, of course, I the end of the episode is amazing. Like when I, I don't want to give too much away, just because I, I know Rob, it's going to spoil it for Rob. That's but, okay, man. That's okay. When like, Darth Vader shows up, it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so 
let's let's just let's just dive right into it. Let's let's just say hit us with it, Doug. Hit us. Okay, so I think that this episode does a great job of explaining like how the Mandalorians got to be where they are, um, with their situation that they're in. I love the fact that you're getting more of that that uh, you know uh, revealed. Uh, I love the fact that um, you have this this guy that is a bounty hunter, but he's all of a sudden getting this conscience, and all of a sudden he's flipping on the people that are paying him, and it's so good. And I love the fact. At the end, like the Mandalorians come out and they're like, "This guy's sticking it to the people that's that, that made us the way we have to be." So now we're gonna come in and we're just gonna help them out. And man, that scene at the end where where they're just flying in on their their jetpacks and start just <laughs> obliterate everything. Yeah, that what like I literally stood up and cheered. Like that was that was amazing. That's that what sound was, I heard all the way up here in Canada. So what was that scene on there where I was looking at some reviews, I see people talking online that there was some sort of uh, play at uh, Iron Man or, or some... Oh, the, the Rocket Man. Rock, rocket, rock, the Rocketeer. Oh, okay. okay. So, so in, in one of the final scenes at the end, uh, of course, uh, Mando and uh, Baby Yoda are flying away. They're getting away. And one of the Mandalorians with the big jetpack, which I believe is the one that's in that scene that's giving him a hard time. Yeah, right. that was the same okay. guy. And I've got some I've got some more details about that as well. Um, so uh, <laughs> that scene where where he, they're flying off and the Mandalorian comes up again, like next to him and gives him the salute and then flies off. Yeah. That's a nod to the Rocketeer yep. because that, that is exactly what happened in the Rocketeer. Now and here's that's another what thing. I cheered. Yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> And I love the fact, and if, if you're actually watching any of these episodes, there's a lot of the little nods to movies that, that Favreau is a big fan of. Like, uh, and, 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 and I'll get to those in just a second. Okay, so <laughs> here's the thing. Did you guys know that the, the, the Mandalorian that gives him a hard time is Favreau? Voiced by Favreau, yeah. That's yeah. Fa- right. I, I saw that in the credits, yeah. That is amazing. I love yeah. that. I love that part. Um, yeah. I love the fact that this episode also solved the decades-old question, why were they saving the ice cream machine from Empire Strikes, from Bespin and Empire Strikes Back? Now, if, if folks aren't, aren't familiar with this, there is this, <laughs> there is this uncredited person in the background in one of the scenes in uh, Bespin, uh, in Empire Strikes Back, where they're evacuating Bespin, and he's in the background holding what looks like an ice cream maker <laughs> and making a ones, mad yeah. dash for it. And so, people so... for years have been wondering why is why is this ice cream machine so important that he has to run away with it? So this is this is like permeated Star Wars fandom culture. Uh, they've given the character a name. His name is Wilro Hood. 
um, he and yeah, and if you go to any of these big conventions or whatever, they actually have uh, an event called the Running of the Hoods, and everyone that cosplays as his character gets up and they just run through the convention hall. It's <laughs> oh missed hordes of confused do, other do people. They, do they have like an ice cream? Maker they all in their have arms? ice cream. Oh my god! <laughs> or or Camtonos as we now know them. Too. Yeah, absolutely. Which uh, uh, funny. Uh, bit of trivia I learned on this. Uh, they cut the first time we ever learned that these containers are called Camtonos is in the Mandalorian, and apparently it stems from a viral video that John Favreau is just uh, he's a fan of of a girl who cannot pronounce the word ice cream. She says Camtono, so that oh, <laughs> so it is amazing. canonically. Ice cream. <laughs> no, it's one of the weird things in the Star Wars fandom that make Star Wars fandom awesome. Not not the nitpicking of the movies, but these things. <laughs> I, I I love this, and I love this about this the series. Like Favreau just takes things that he loves, but yet he still melds them into the Star yeah. Wars universe, yep. and it's not obtrusive at all. Yeah, it's, that, it's, that's the trick. He's it's, not, it's, it's not he's not smacking you in the face with it. Right. It's just if you know it, you know it. If you don't know it. It's okay. You don't know it, and it, but and it's fine. It doesn't it doesn't detract from your experience. Right. Like when that guy gives him the salute and then peels off, you're like, oh, that was cool. Yep. If you've seen like, the Rocketeer, you're like, like hey, holy crap! I've seen that before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and and actually, at the end of the episode, where uh, you know, he shoots um, what's what's the guy that gives the uh, the bounties? Uh, what's uh, I forget Car- what Carl Weathers is the actor. I, I can't yeah. Remember. I'm not okay. sure what his character's so, name is. Though. So uh, so so Mando shoots him in the chest and he falls out of his ship and you you basically believe that he's oh he shot him in the chest he's dead but what they don't what at the last second they re- he reveals that the Beskar that he was like given as a reward for uh, Mando's uh, bounty uh, actually protected him from the blast. That's actually a callback to a Western movie, and I can't remember what uh, what the oh the, the... no yeah yeah you're you're talking about it was also part of uh, it was also part of Back to the Future Part Three as well. Yeah, I, yeah. so so th- there's like all these like hidden Easter eggs that uh, that Favreau's kind of just like okay, I'm putting in like this and this and this and. Man, it just it just jives so well, and I, I love it, love it, love it. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what else. What else was I gonna say? Okay, so here's here's the other thing that that, that my major concern for, and I love the Mandalorian. I, I love it, and and people, if you're watching this so far, let me know if I'm totally off base on this. But here's my concern about this move about this show, guys. Is Baby Yoda going to? take over the show and i know that it's called the mandalorian but <laughs> by episode four five or six is it going to become the baby yoda show because well, it's gonna because be, i'm gonna, gonna tell be, you right i'm gonna tell you right now my, lone mando and cub well I, it basically <laughs> yeah, is but but I, but I'm, i'll tell you what the main reason why my wife likes watching it is because of baby yoda so is I'm... Is it going to is it gonna detract from the, the awesomeness that is, uh, is oh, the, the, supposed to, to be the, the title character? To, to the to the die to the diehard Star Wars fans, the people that are watching it because of Star Wars, no. But 
to everybody's spouses who are sitting down and watching that? Yes. <laughs> okay. But here's the thing, like my wife, and I, and I tweeted this out uh, the, the, yesterday, I think it was yesterday, maybe it was this morning, I can't remember what, what day it was, or, but the thing, the, the best thing that I really appreciate about The Mandalorian is that it has inspired my wife's love of the Star Wars universe. Like previously, whenever I've wanted to marathon like the original trilogy, because I don't, I don't marathon the prequel trilogy because that's garbage. Um, and and it, <laughs> oh, Ben's going to get his and, and, we lost, and we lost Ben. Uh, but you know, when, whenever I've wanted to 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 to, to, to marathon episode four, five, and six, it's always been something that that I've uh, said, okay, hey, I'm going to throw this on. I'm just going to watch it for the afternoon while I paint uh, minis or or do something else that you know, because I don't need to actually give it my sole attention because I've seen them so many times that I can just kind of listen to them and and look up whenever I really want to see a key key moment or, or whatever but my wife on saturday she actually chose to marathon four five and six which i was like oh my god who what who's where's my wife and what did you do with her like this person is not is 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 not my wife um but no she she's really uh she's really jazzed about uh, the star wars universe now the other thing that I want to have, the other question that I have, do we think that the Mandal that there are going to be any Mandalorian Easter eggs in Rise of Skywalker? Oh, absolutely. They better, they better absolutely. damn well should. They, they can't they, not. They yeah. better like if Disney has any sense, they they better have them in there. Okay, so if it's just the Mandalorian so, walking by in the background or something at some point. That's, that's all they you, need to do. Here, so here's the thing: when you watch it, have you guys ever heard of the Machete Order of Star yep. Wars? Yes. So that's how I got my wife into Star Wars is we watched the Machete Order, that uh, and so it, it totally caught her her interest. Yeah. So for those that don't know, it's Episode Four, then Episode Five, then Episode Two, Three, and then Six. Yeah, you skip one altogether. Yeah, because all it is is just and so Garbage. what you do is like when you see the reveal of <laughs> Luke, I am your father, on the on Empire, then you watch episode two, then three, then you watch. Then you what watch about Rogue One six. though? I mean, you you can add that in, um, but the 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 best part of the, about the Machete Order is by the time Return of the Jedi comes around, you're you're, you're so invested, and characters that were you know like Yoda didn't have much screen time. In Return of the Jedi, it was kind of like, oh, it's the strange right. green puppet guy, but you have more of Yoda, right. um, and it, it's sadder when he finally goes. Um, yeah, and so that's what we did. We watched it like that, and then Beatrice was hooked, and that led us into Clone Wars and and uh, every Star Wars movie after. Yeah, yeah. My my wife, uh, I, I think she's more interested in watching some of those animated series now. So I, I think we might have to uh, start Rebels and, and watch that. Rebels yeah. is great. Why well, I, I need to tell watch everyone Rebels, watch Rebels. I just started rewatching that one. Um, yeah, do so you guys have any other the Clone Wars? What's that? Better than the Clone Wars? Rebels? Uh, I yes. I well, think in so. overall production quality, I would say yes for okay. sure. Okay. Ben also says that the original tril- the the prequel no, no, trilogy no, is garbage. So hey. Allow people to like what they want to like. That's, that's uh, I, I don't. Hey, uh, I'm I'm saying that like I don't I absolutely get that. I, I, like. I uh, 
I, I, I totally get that. And, and episodes one, two, and three are definitely uh, another generation's. It's like this. It's like the Transformers movies. <laughs> like that's another. That's a generation's. You know, Transformers. They didn't grow up on G one. You know stuff. So okay, yeah, I'll, I'll give it. I still don't like it, but. You know, I mean, I mean, let's 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 not face it. There are a lot of cringeworthy moments in the original trilogy too. Oh, absolutely. And then, so, okay, so, let's so here's the other thing. Let's let, let's talk about the 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 special quote unquote special edition uh, Star Wars movies because as we were watching, because that's what you can get on these uh, on Disney Plus, and that's what we marathoned. Okay, there are a lot of added scenes that George Lucas went in. George Lucas went in and like, yeah, why did you even put those in there? So, yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, the Java scene. Ugh. Yeah, the Java scene. Like that whole that whole scene where they're like f- going into Tatooine or into most Eisley, and Eisley, that robot yeah. like is picking up something, and he like punches the other one down on the ground. Like, yeah. why? That's stupid. Nobody <laughs> needs to see that. Because yeah, robot, Star Wars is violence. for kids. Yeah. <laughs> you just said something that doug just cannot fathom I can't. it's just it just was like it was pointless there's there's so many pointless like there's some really great scenes where it's just like okay yeah that's cool i'm glad that you embellished on that and you added more <laughs> flavor to that scene but then there's some why did you add that garbage and that not and didn't add any value to this scene like i, I just i didn't i don't understand it you scared the cat away doug i know he's she really loves the uh, the special edition version of the star wars universe i guess but i and okay and and here's my biggest gripe i'm gonna i'm gonna rant about the let's special this. edition let's do this Point counterpoint okay so at the end, like I don't mind the special edition version of like episode of Empire Strikes Back and in Return of the Jedi. Like those are pretty much it's pretty much the New Hope that I have the most issue with with the the special edition one. But why? Why do we have to have a Hayden Christensen ghost at the end of Return of the yeah, Jedi? Right? That's that BS. Like give us off, old honestly. old yeah. uh, Anakin Skywalker ghost. Like there's no reason to have him young. Like he's turned at the end, he saves Luke. Like I, I was really upset. Why? About that why because, make him Hayden Christians yeah. just just so that you can tie the other movies together? Like that's no, that's all it was right there. Nobody yeah. else is old in that scene. You don't need to make it anybody young to make it like it. It's stupid. I just thought it was disrespectful to the actors who came before. Exactly. Yeah, they, right? just, they just literally like, oh, we don't need you in here anymore. Chuck into the garbage pile with you. Like, that was <laughs> yeah. kind of rude. Into the trash but I mean, but I, to, to <laughs> The ghost of Sir Alec Guinness would be like, I got paid. I don't care, man. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. That was one of the funniest <laughs> things about that movie. When people would ask him questions about that movie, he was just like, it was a paying gig. I yeah. He does, doesn't care a damn thing about it. Same thing with that <laughs> Werner Herzog from, from The Mandalorian. Okay, he's never the, seen Star Wars. He's, he's just never like, seen, ah, he has yeah, no whatever. interest in seeing it. He doesn't want to. He doesn't need to. He just these are my lines. This is my character. This is who I'm playing. I don't care about all this other crap. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't even know really who John Favreau was. He's like, well, what, what has he done? Yeah, I don't know. He's my director. I don't. I don't care what he's yeah, done. Yeah, that's all that matters. Yeah, oh, that's the guy that directed uh, Swingers. Yeah, okay, I know who he is. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got I, I've got one more Mandalorian comment. Okay, go for it. Um, 
they are going to have to give us the species name of baby Yoda. Yeah. Um, just for the sole reason that they got to merchandise the hell out of that thing. And oh, yeah, they can't absolutely. just label everything baby Yoda. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's so, a good point. <laughs> so, so here's, here's, here's my question for, for speaking of, of uh, the, the baby Yoda. We, we know that the doctor is uh, based on the, the, the emblem on his, on his jacket, that he's a Camino cloner. He's got some sort of tie with the Camino cloner. Do we think there's two different possibilities here? There's one where this baby Yoda is a clone or two, they want to clone this baby Yoda for more force users, which do, I think they do want we to think, clone. Yeah. Do, it's do, the second. Yeah. Cause they're leaving. Okay. They're, I don't think they're going to, they're, I don't think they're touching Yoda as a character. I think they're just doing something with the species, the Yoda species. So, well, so here, when Yoda, here's here. when Yoda kicks yeah. off, he just vanishes. So yeah. there's nothing, there's no material left. And I don't ever recall, well, I mean, they could say it happened in the extended universe, but I don't ever recall Yoda even ever taking a hit much uh, yeah. like other, other than being force pushed and stuff like that. Well, here, here's, here's so the there one would be no material. Well, he here, could have here, voluntarily given material during the whole Clone Wars. True. Right. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so so this is this is one one fan theory that that I've read up quite a bit. Okay, so we know that there's two creatures of Yoda's species. There's been Yoda, and then there's been Yaddle. Yaddle was in Episode One. She it was a female Yoda creature, and after Episode One, we don't ever see her again. So here's my thought and this is what a lot of the internet thinks as well is that the reason why she's not on the council anymore is that she becomes pregnant with a child and has to leave the jedi order i could see that but here's the big thing like that would mean that yoda would probably have to be the father and Therefore, he'd be breaking the Jedi code that uh, you're not supposed to have attachments. <laughs> Child support, I pay not. <laughs> <laughs> but but that's how they're. I mean, knowing Favreau and, and knowing how the, he's been able to kind of you know work his magic with this universe. Do we think that this baby Yoda is Yaddle's child? No. I don't think they'll bother with that no. aspect of it. It's a cool theory, but I'm pretty sure it's just going to be always a theory. Well, here's the thing, too. Look at the very fact that there's that it takes place in an in in, in infinitely large universe. You don't need to shoehorn in. It's not like it's in one room we can have to shoehorn shoehorn in past based off of what characters we've already seen. It would and it would lead credits to for uh, for John Farva to do whatever do a completely new yeah, yeah different yeah. spot into the universe plus if it was her baby you know it's already kind of been established that this baby was born in the same year that anakin was born right so by the time episode one rolls around she would have already had this baby and been booted or have left the council yeah because anakin's eight or nine in in episode one so okay you'd you'd have a little 
well, I mean, how little would little baby Yoda be? At, how it's... little are those little? <laughs> <They're> <laughs> like this big. It'd be the size of all of those little tiny ones you've been seeing floating around. <laughs> I, could, I could see them the 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 X or the you know the Fallen Empire wanting wanting this baby to to clone and try to bend to their whim and like create like a a force using uh you know trooper. a force using trooper yeah basically something that they can um, they yeah. can harness to Honestly, their own, yeah. their own whims. even if all you taught them to do was force push and force pull as a fighting force in close combat they'd be unmatched yeah i mean look look at what uh, what this child has been able to do just on a limited amount of force ability that it has i mean granted whatever it uses it, it it wipes itself out i mean we saw that you know it it stopped at mudhorn in its tracks and elevated it but then afterwards it was like out for like days because yeah. of the amount of force that it had to exude to control it, it so just a sandwich mean, man it's like you have to wonder then though like they in all the other star wars movies they talk about oh you know um the convergence of the force in certain people making for super powerful force users. And how long did it take Luke to lift a rock? And then you've got little baby Yoda here. Who's like derpy, derpy baby is lifting us like multi-ton mud horn and holding it aloft for like 15 what? seconds. No. I mean, look, look, <laughs> oh, I mean come look on, what... do or don't, there is no try. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> look, look what Ray's been able to do though, since, I mean, she... yeah. She hasn't true, been yeah. able to. Uh, she, she hasn't had any. Like, oh wait, the, the force, force is training. Oh well, I'm gonna start using it. <laughs> so, <laughs> they're like, you mean like this? Got to show off, yeah. Yeah, ben, but, yeah. Do you have <laughs> Ben? Do you have any? Uh, any? Uh, oh, Ben's are like, you, are, are, our are you seriously gonna ask Star Ben Wars? if he has thoughts <laughs> about ben, this? Ben, Come uh, on, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Ben's like a resident Star Wars expert. How could he not so have thoughts about I, this? I, I enjoy I enjoy listening to other people talk about it. It's great, uh, but I do want to swing back around. <laughs> You're like, I do want to how s- cute. Look at that. <laughs> oh, no, it's great. Like, I, yeah, it's like, ha, ha, ha. Yeah, no, it's good, guys. Uh, let, let daddy speak now. Exactly. He's smoking his bubble pipe. Like, yeah. <laughs> hmm. um, no, I want to swing back to your concern about the show being, uh, being oh, called okay, yeah, yeah. Mandalorian. And is it really about Baby Yoda? Well, we've kind of had it established that not all mandalorians are necessarily by blood it's it's more a way of life almost a religion uh because they pretty heavily insinuate that our our title character uh is a foundling and has no mandalorian blood at all but has taken on the mantle of mandalore so uh there's excess beskar because he didn't choose a sigil uh, so maybe we can get little tiny Mandalorian armor for Mando Yoda and and the title of Star Wars expert is now revoked for Mister Higgins. I'm just saying. I'm just saying it would be totally. Honestly, I'm thinking they're gonna. I'm thinking they're gonna put Baby Yoda aside in a couple more episodes. Um, right now, I'm I'm betting his the like just uh uh my own theory. He's buggering off with Baby Yoda because he wants to keep Baby Yoda safe now. So he's going to find someone that he knows. Maybe uh, maybe his uh, I have spoken buddy back on the sand planet or whatever. Maybe he'll drop him off there and leave him there. And just because they can't have it be, oh, Baby Yoda's in danger. I must rescue Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda's in danger again. I must go and rescue Baby Yoda again. Yeah. No, but they can, tot- they can totally go the whole lone wolf and cub route. 
Yeah, where, I think that's you know, how they're going to do it. They could. Uh, but yeah, here, so here's I would my... just say, well, just real quick, Doug. Yeah. I, so since I coined the phrase, you know, primary streaming service and secondary streaming service, <laughs> I am going to, I am going to coin a phrase here that I think will just catch fire. The okay. Yodelorian. The Yodelorian. I'm down with it. Nice. I subscribe. Um, so, so here's here's my another concern that I've had. Not only do I do I am I concerned that the show is going to solely be uh, upstaged by the baby Yoda for the rest of the duration, but the first three episodes have gradually ex- have each gotten better. Like at some point, I have to think that this momentum can't like, can't keep going. Like I know it's only eight episodes, but like. Episode one was here. Episode two, episode three. Like, can it really like keep going? Like, oh, like no. at the end, at the epi- episode eight, it's got to have something phenomenal. In order well, episode to... four, episode four is going to be the musical filler. <laughs> or the, so, or wait, the, uh... so Doug, your concern is that it's gonna that your concern and your worry that it's gonna start getting too good. Is that what no? I'm, my concern is that it's not gonna like live up. Like, you, you, like eventually, it's gotta it's gotta kind of not be Plateau. good after. Yeah, like, there's gotta be like a bum episode at some point, right? Well, they're being very smart with the storytelling right now. Um, they start they're starting off small. It's just, hey, look, here's a Mandalorian. Here, he's doing something. He's hunting a bounty. Okay, that's what Mandalorians do. And then they introduce the mechanic of him having to rescue something that's innocent and, you know, tiny or whatever. Um, And they introduce a few more characters and they bring him slightly into the larger world. And then in the next episode after that, they do another twist on it where he basically betrays the bounty hunting code, if there is such a thing. Um, And goes against that and then rescues this baby out of nowhere. So they're using a different... Um, mechanic in each episode to keep it. That's how. That's one of the reasons why it's maintained its interest for for well for me personally, but I'm sure for everybody. But each episode has had a different concept to it. So if they yeah. ever get very, if they ever get samey, so if it's just you know, like I'm sure next episode is going to be him trying to find a safe place for the baby while people try to chase him down. So right. it'll be a because it'll be a lot of yeah, yeah it'll be a I'm lot gonna... of that. I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess a chapter like the next one is gonna be about the Mandalorian teams up with an ex-soldier to protect the village from raiders. I'm just <laughs> taking this. <laughs> um, but that anyway, Doug, remarkably I, like a uh, synopsis. I just gotta say though, Doug, I was gonna call you out on it, but you actually, objectively speaking, according to IMDb, it has gotten better. Eight point yeah, no, seven, eight point eight, then nine point three. Uh, I mean, yeah. you have to think that eventually it's gonna either plateau. Or like, well, go down. Like they're being like, smart with introducing the lore too. You learn a little bit about the Mandalorians in episode one. You learn a little bit more in episode two. You learn even more than that in episode three. So as long as they keep that yeah. small portion right. reveal going, I think they'll be fine. So right, I think what the, what I like about this, and this gets down to like I listen to old timey radio when I'm going on my uh, when I go to my like. Super walks. No, I'm kidding. I, I don't do that much exercise. Anyway, so when <laughs> the when I when you listen to a lesson like Gunsmoke and all these westerns, it's what it is. I see this. It's it's it, there's you have your overall a plot that's happening where like your you, the characters develop, but also in the same time, it's it there's also an encompassing story of beginning, middle, and end that kind of happens in each 
each episode. I think we're going to start right. seeing yeah. that where there's going to be like The Walking Dead in a way. You look at The Walking Dead, go look at the ratings they have on IMDb. It's like well, yeah, 8.3, but... 8.7, boom, back and forth. And you're right. I think you're going to end up having it be, uh, I, I think objectively speaking, you're, you, there's no way they're going to be able to to keep that keep that going right i mean it's it's like the, it was rated a 9.3 out of 10 this last one it's yeah it was a phenomenal episode yeah uh possible yeah, controversial know. opinion here uh maybe it's okay if one episode is a little slow it, just it, it adds better to it it's the same yeah. thing where some what your favorite band <laughs> think of think of your think of your favorite band like sometimes they come out with really bad albums it's not like you just stop hating the band Lionel Richie has never put out a bad album ever. Oh. Oh. Did you say oh. Nicole Richie? Who did you say? Hot takes. Oh, man. So here's, here's um, yeah. what we can expect from The Mandalorian, though. So there's going to be an episode where he, he goes to a town, and they're going to be in trouble, and he's going to save them yeah. out of the goodness of his heart. There's going to be an episode yeah. um, There's going to be an episode where he... He faces off against his match, whether it is a another Mandalorian, a rogue Mandalorian, or maybe like a uh, you know some kind of death trooper or something. He's he's gonna have it's gonna be the duel actual IG eighty eight. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have a we're gonna have a duel episode for sure, uh, and then we're gonna have we're gonna have an episode where there's a bounty put out on him. And, and oh, he yep. has to escape that. All of these kind of Western tropes. We're, and then there's the love interest episode. Yeah, there is, but it doesn't work out because he doesn't take his helmet off. So there's well, no yeah. change. You. I mean, no. Yeah. See, see, I think that that's going to happen. I think that the, uh, I that's think it's going to be the end of the... season one. Oh. It's going to yeah, be his, yeah, yeah. the last you know scene is him well, taking his helmet off. Or he'll get it knocked off or something. One of those. Yeah. And it's going to be, and it's going to end up being like owed to Metroid. It turns out it's been a woman the whole time. Well, it's going to be, it's going to be something. I, I have a feeling that most people are expecting him to be a kind of middle-aged white male. Um, and it, it's, it's either going to be uh, that he's not white or that he's not human. Well, we've um, seen, we've seen the kid though. We've seen the flashbacks. Yeah, but yeah. we, but Hey, what if that's just a false? Oh, man, wait a minute. Oh, Rob him. hasn't seen the flashbacks though. No, there was because it was episode one. three. No, well, no, no, not no, no, totally. There was a one, two. Yeah, like that a is, oh, okay. we, we already know that Pedro Pascal yeah, is the guy in the, the suit the, too. There's, so. there's, a bigger, <laughs> there's a bigger flashback in in episode three, uh, by the way. Honestly, they'll take his helmet off just because Pedro's too damn pretty to leave with that helmet on all the time. There'll be yeah, some reason. If, there'll be some reason why he or some appropriate ritual like cleansing or whatever, where he's allowed to take his helmet off. And that's when you'll see his face. It's when well, he takes his dinner. ritual Mandalorian sponge bath. Yeah, yeah, but then well, again, it could Pedro, but but that he's just the actor playing it. But look at Darth Vader. There was three actors. True, yep. that is yeah. true. Yeah. So. My, see, my wife, my wife was like, "Is that really true? Like, they can't ever take their their helmets off?" I'm like, "Yeah, that's what they seem to say. That's what it is." Like, I'm always like, "Well, how does he like eat? How does he like?" sleep how does he like <laughs> yeah that would be damn straws. uncomfortable to sleep in <laughs> brush his teeth like my wife my wife's just going through all these lists like yeah. how do you do all these, these mundane with, tasks that you just with, can't do with a face plate on? helmet on right <laughs> i don't even think shave? about that i'm just thinking about like the shape but like bed sores in your helmet basically <laughs> yeah man, well, i mean hurts. you're talking about star wars in the future there could be an automated thing in his helmet that brushes his teeth and something that massages his head to keep bed sores oh, off no. and <laughs> it was a long t- no no but jason it was a long time ago 
Oh, that's true. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Clearly, in the distant gonna, past. Yes. But the thing is, when his helmet comes off for the first time, you know his hair is going to be perfect. It's not going to be like plastered <laughs> down, like on his face. And as as someone who has spent hours wearing similar helmets as part of the five hundred first, oh yeah, my hair is always immaculate. Oh yeah, for sure. Out, look at yeah. it. <laughs> So, Wonderful. seventeen so, cans of hairspray to achieve that effect, but yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> so, uh, it, one thing I just I just realized as we were, we were talking right here. Um, so when when Mace um Windu take Django's helmet off, literally. <laughs> well, like, he didn't take his helmet off. He took the whole head. <laughs> right, like not only was that like a big thing, but like. That was like a kind of like a knock to like that culture, like because of the fact that they're not supposed to take their helmet off. He literally took the guy's helmet off and his head with it. So I, that was probably one of the most like like disgraceful ways to die. Well, that may- but but then again, in, in what is it in the is it in Revenge of the Sith or whatever when we see him talking to Boba, like young Boba, like he doesn't have his helmet on. Yeah. In, oh, uh, that's I, right. He does. Yeah, wow. I really think that the the whole helmet thing is is because they are no longer just tied to the the race of Mandalorians that yeah. the, that it's evolved. This is they want this, they uh, want to just be seen uh, as their armor more than leaving more the helmet on is is part of this new culture. Oh, uh, so that uh, nobody knows if they're truly a Mandalorian yeah. or not. Well, and they they say only one can go above. Yeah, exactly. So you never know their numbers. <laughs> there could only be one for all you know. That's why I was very confused by that, actually, because the guy's talking about, well, we've only ever seen one Mandalorian at a time. And then he goes like around the corner, down the block and into this building where there's like 18 Mandalorians just sitting around <laughs> doing, hey, dude, what's up? <laughs> Like how how are these people not being seen? <laughs> or is the whole is the whole helmet thing like a Star Wars uh, urban urban legend? And it's really just not the case. It's just he keeps it on because he's got all his tactical stuff that protects or, his face. Yeah. And... What if they can go above ground and just be anonymous or something? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. It's like something like when my my college roommate was like, "I could never not be sober on the weekends." Like. <laughs> 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 so, so uh yeah i i don't know it, it, i love it i love the show i, I can't wait uh, we'll have to talk uh talk more about it uh, here uh, what are we next... gonna do when episode eight airs oh we're, we're gonna have to like <laughs> watch them again have like a, a whole well, no, I'm, like, yeah i mean I've i'll, already, watch, I'll definitely be doing that but i'm just saying like the next week on the show the mandalorian uh what is it? are we calling it the mandalorian moment okay so yeah we're calling it the mandalorian moment while the the, the series is airing mandalorian here, 47 minutes now <laughs> now here's here's another here's another issue that i have with disney plus in general do we think that it's going to have folks canceling the service once season one is over I'm wondering yeah. about that. Just They'll like Game of Thrones did with HBO. Yeah. Now. I did see like, a huge um, drop in their subs. You I, have, I have a feeling I that's think, why Disney didn't yeah. go the binge route with the show. And so yeah. people didn't binge it in a weekend and drop it. So now they right. at least have this eight weeks to try to hook people. That's why I'm thinking they're gonna they're gonna announce something else probably in the next couple of weeks here. That's they better bring something, yeah, to, yeah. to, to tie more be, people's. Yeah, well, because they have well, no, you what's gonna happen is I would say if you if you do a Venn diagram of Star Wars fans and MCU fans, there is a pretty big overlap. Because keep in mind that they're going to have the WandaVision, they got Loki, mm-hmm. they got they got right. Winter Soldier and Falcon, and those things are going to be coming out. And 
so I don't see, I don't, yeah. I honestly don't see a big drop off in. in They'll, yeah. People will keep it in anticipation of that. I yeah. will actually go on record and say, you'll see more people sign up uh, when the Mandalorian wraps because yeah. you'll get all these people that go, I want to binge it. So I, yeah. Mm. yeah. Like our good friend, Alan Barr from, uh, from Gallant Night Games. Yeah. Yeah. Who was actually I, on the record saying, Oh, I don't really like the fact that I can't binge this. <laughs> Yeah. And I think, you know, I did see one article talking about that. Actually, that's one of the reasons why Disney Plus is kind of getting um, hit a little bit because they're trying to follow the HBO model of having things come out every week. And that's the reason why uh, they're not following the Netflix model where Netflix just puts out entire seasons at a time. Because yeah, what, hap- what happens is, is that it's almost the opposite effect where, where we live in a binge worthy, we live in a binge, we live in a binge watch society. So we almost feel betrayed when we don't get a chance to sit down and binge our favorite show. Cause that's like the whole thing now on Netflix, Netflix, like here's what you can binge this weekend. This is what we're putting out and people do that. So I must be part of the old guard though, because I don't enjoy binging things like that. Like when I do my, my binging is usually I watch an episode before I go to work every day. So it still takes, you know, like if it's a 20 episode season, it's still going to take me, like a month almost to watch this whole series. But um, like Breaking Bad, for example, to use to use that show, um, I have never gotten more than five episodes into that show because the starting off point of that show is so incredibly boring and the characters are so my- wildly uninteresting that people keep telling me, if you get to episode eight, you'll never put the show down. And I'm like, I have yet to make it that far. <laughs> I've tried three times now. <laughs> All right. I think that's going to do it for, for the Mandalorian moment for this uh, episode. It definitely went way over length <laughs> when we, we wanted to. Uh, so it was multiple moments. So uh, definitely turn back next uh, next week for uh, or next Monday for the when we talk about episode four. And hopefully Rob will have caught up by then. I will. I will. Okay. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. All right. Now it's our feed content we are going to be giving you each our suggested gift idea for that geek in your life uh we're each going to go around the the table and say hey this is a pretty cool gift if you have someone that really likes this and uh i'll just let let me just pass over rob real quick rob you can go you can go first with uh, with your uh, gift idea yep so this was a this was a tough one for me but I decided to go with the Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Edition Essentials Kit. Um, it, it's uh, you know for anybody interested in Dungeons and Dragons, which you know more and more people are with uh, you know Stranger Things and and stuff like that. Um, but it's just a it's a great gift to help spark imagination, uh, get get a group of people together socially, uh, and the Essentials Kit has everything you need to play. It's got character creation rules. Um, it's got sidekick rules for if they just want to do one dungeon master, one player, uh, you know, you kind of get, you get everything, you get a dungeon master screen, you get some dice. Um, and it, it kind of blows the, the original uh, starter kit out of the water. Uh, and the cool thing is, is you get a discount code, uh, 50% off the player's handbook on D and D beyond, which is a digital service as well as the, uh, digital version of the um, Dragons of or Dragon of Ice Spire Peak for free uh, comes with dice. Uh, like I said that, and a little a little box with uh, magical item cards. 
Uh, it is a great, great set that they put out. Um, it's probably one of the best box sets that they have put out yet uh, between the, the starter set, the um, Stranger Things set, the new Rick and Morty set. Uh, the essentials kit is, is still the best. The price is, is very inexpensive. Uh, and you can go to Amazon. Uh, Amazon. Jeez, don't go to Amazon. Uh, you can go to Target <laughs> and pick this up. You can go to uh, Quarterstaff Games Ooh. and probably pick this up. If, how, much know, ben, how much did Ben pay you to say that? Checks uh, in the mail. Checks in the mail. No, okay, okay, good, good. We, we, we have a special. Uh, he's going to send me that Wingspan expansion. <laughs> uh, but no, nice. I mean. Yeah, it's a great, um, uh, great set. I agree 100%. Yeah, if you give, you're given the gift of, of imagination and, and hundreds of hours of, of play. Nice. Nice. All right, Ben, you're up. What is your geeky gift suggestion for uh, the chaotic good cast viewers and listeners? Uh, so as as cliche as it is, uh, I got to go with a, a gift card to your oh local God. game store. Okay, we're going <laughs> to mute Ben now. Um, but no. Um, <laughs> no, Okay, yeah. go ahead. No, I'm with, sorry. I was just with a gift that. card, uh, nerds are very. Um, how do I say this? We have things we like, and we also <laughs> do not have the patience to hold off on buying things we like. That's an excellent point. <laughs> so uh, probably a lot of stuff that I could recommend, uh, your geek might already have. Um, and if you can support a local business this year by getting a gift card from them, and then give that gift card to your geek, they can then go and pick out uh, something that they don't have. Uh, one of the things I do see a lot in, uh, in, in games retail is family members who may not be totally up on what their, their geeky uh, relationships, they, they come in and they buy a game or a, uh, or a little piece of pop culture, um, you know, collectability. And it's something that comes back a couple weeks later uh, as a return because geeks uh, <laughs> like like their collections and like to add things to them. Um, so if you don't know for sure they don't have it, buy a gift card, support your local store, and uh, and really really help that. Uh, that said, if you do uh, want to get something for you know say the Star Wars lover uh, in their life, uh, get Disney Plus, watch The Mandalorian. <laughs> Oh, I thought for sure you. Were, I thought for sure you were going to troll me and say get them the uh, the prequel trilogy on Blu-ray and. Uh, well, well, you I'm get that on Disney That's Plus. on there. That's on. Well, I know. I know. I, well, I know first. it's on there. I just haven't watched it because it's garbage. <laughs> but yeah, there's there's hundreds of of local game stores uh, around uh, the country and and you know, thousands around the world. Um, give them a give them a little love this holiday season. They are keeping their money local so that uh, locals can enjoy stuff. And uh, really, really, uh, it's so easy to get these things online and have it be really impersonal. Uh, let them have a little fun shopping on their own. And, and maybe when maybe when you give them the gift card, ask them if you can go with them when they spend yeah, it and kind of get you know find out what the, yeah. something out together. Actually, yeah, then actually they get to learn a bit about what you're interested in. Yeah, yeah. Cool. All right. I, I, I like that idea. I was just giving you a hard time, Ben, at the beginning, by the way. I I'm always hope on I didn't brand. throw you off too, gotta, too, too, uh, too well there. Always on uh, brand. Support your local store. That's right. Absolutely. I, I, I'll get behind that 100%. Uh, who would like to go next? Uh, Barney, Jason, who would, would either of you guys like to go next with your geeky gift suggestion? Um, I'll go. I'll let okay. Go last. 
So I think basically, I, I think it's this is something that I was thinking about really hard, thinking, all right, what would people really want? And it came to me that issue 307 of X. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so, so, I got I got stacks and stacks, baby. So, so, so what people don't realize is before we went live, oh, before, before we went live, Bernie was telling us about how, how he bought this bunch of comics on what was it on Facebook or yeah, it was like Facebook Marketplace, Facebook group. local guy, yeah. and, and and the guy sold him a whole bunch of hundreds of copies and the guy says oh there's there's a few extras in here yeah there's more than just a few extras yeah, yeah. There, yeah. There, there's like a whole stack of of these uh yeah of these uh, these uh comics so yeah i, I that's no okay, for those well, of you that, that that aren't in the know that that's the, that's the running joke so and i'll say but here's okay this is the other point is this kind of on part and parcel with how, what, what Ben talked about. And I think I want to go so far as to say, all right, so that that uh, geeks and nerds and people that we are also extremely nostalgic. There's a level of nostalgia, as we were talking about, people really like what they like. And, and there is something about finding things from your childhood. So my recommendation is going to, um, uh, you know, going to antique, you'd be surprised what you can find at antique stores, finding some places that actually have stuff from the 80s or the 70s or the 60s or the 90s or whatever that generation is that you want to shop for. I just want to show you, for example, I found this and I, I'm trying to- Oh, I had that, I had that poster. Oh my goodness. Look, so I got this for like five bucks and it's still in great condition. So this is the kind of stuff that I would recommend for people is find things. Wow. Find, yeah. Just, yeah, I mean, there, there is something to say for brand new because we have something brand new. I had you that poster. There's something when you have something brand <laughs> I new. I was going to cry. Brand new is good. <laughs> brand new is good. But there's something about finding repurposed and finding old, some of your older, um, going to your, your, your swap meets and your, in your, in your yard, in your yard sales and your flea markets and your, antique store you know what this is a thing antique shops are just yard sales but with more expensive stuff so i mean true yeah that, that's yep. all that that would that would be my recommendation is and also it means it would it's a it's, a, it's also you know a gift from the heart as well so and you support i love it i i yeah. love it uh barney that's uh it's a great and, suggestion. But, but also, I, come on, issue 307. <laughs> <laughs> and if you'd like to get the, the, the hottest gift of the holiday season, contact Barney Smith on Put Facebook. his email at the bottom of the show. Yeah. <laughs> he can hook you up. Oh, it's man. It's the most valuable issue yeah. Yeah. ever. <laughs> All right, and now All Jason, right. tell it the gift of love, right, Jason? You're gonna take us home. Oh, uh, we're gonna get, we're gonna. <laughs> Unfortunately, that the gift of love is not what I'm going to suggest that you get for the for the geek on your list for Christmas. <laughs> All right, um, Jason, what you for us? My recommendation uh, is actually gonna be Kids on Bikes. Um, oh, okay. By Doug Lewandowski and Jonathan Gilmore. Um, if you want to get anyone in your family uh, into gaming, if you want to show them, you know, the way you game and stuff like that, but you don't want to whip out all of your fifth edition books and drop them on the table and terrify everybody by the amount of pages. Kids on Bikes is 82 pages long. 
it teaches you how to play a really interesting game. If you're playing with kids, they get to be kids. Everyone is kids in this game. It's the whole point of the game. You're all kids I'm on bikes. I'm not a kid in this game. <laughs> I am an 82-year-old Italian grandma in this game. <laughs> That's but true. The thing is, like, you, you play this game. Uh, you It's all collaborative storytelling. And I love that part about it. It's very simple to learn. It's very easy to ask the questions. Not, there's no really complex questions. Although the dice mechanics are very simple. Um, you're not going to really stress anyone out by making a character with them. Like you could even just sit, sit down as a, as a family or whatever, watch Goonies and then say, hey, let's all be the Goonies. And you can literally play a game that goes wherever you want it to go. Like, you know, what if, uh, what if they go a different route when trying to find one-eyed Willie and they don't run into the, to the bad guys or whatever, they run into something else. Like, I just, I love the, the ease of getting into gaming with kids on bikes as a game. I, I, and this was, uh, this was my top, uh, RPG of, of 2018. Um, just because I, I had to get a chance to play, play it quite a few times, uh, in last year. Uh, I love like you said, the, every pretty much, pretty much everything that you said, I, I totally agree with. Uh, I love open-endedness of the game. Like, I don't think I've ever played, with the exception of one time uh, for Free RPG Day, I don't think I've ever played a game where I've actually prepped. Like, it, it is so player-facing and so, like, it puts everything on your players' plates that they can just kind of go with whatever they want with. Yeah. And if the, like the whole thing with like, you can take 15 or 20 minutes and have your players build a world to play in. Like there's a great collaborative world building session that happens to start out that game. Like I, I totally agree with, with uh, everything that you said, Jason. And, and, and uh, also yeah. um, price point wise, if you're looking at getting into a game, and you want to get um, you want to get a game that maybe hopefully they're gonna just enjoy one like even if it's just once or twice, the price point on it is amazing. Yeah, it's not oh, an expensive absolutely. thing to buy. It's a really cool thing that you can buy really cheaply. You can involve the entire family. You can even just pull it out like as a Thanksgiving tradition or something. You know, like hey, let's all sit around and make up some characters, and we'll run this through, and then we'll eat dinner, and you know, and then put it away for ne- until next year. Absolutely. No, I totally, uh, I totally agree. I agree at one hundred percent. And uh, wow, we got uh, we had two RPG suggestions on this uh, on this top five. Which I was gonna go with like on like the, the chaotic good cast. Have- I know, <laughs> right? What? I was My gonna suggest was something in a, like a, a a bigger game, like Forbidden Lands or something like that. But then I'm thinking, if you drop Forbidden Lands in someone's lap, they're gonna look at it and say. What have you done to my D and D books? <laughs> it's 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 a great game. It, like I love Forbidden Lands, and it is the production value is crazy good. It is one of those games where you have to have a like a fondness of role playing games. Yeah, at least yeah, with kids exactly. on bikes, it's a great entry. Yeah, entry game to like adults can play it just as easily as kids, and there's no like you 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 could have your your eight or ten year old or whatever sitting next to you, and you could both be trying to think of the same way to do or a different way to do the same thing, and it's just as likely that the ten year old's going to be more successful than you are, based based on the randomness of the game. Um, Speaking of Forbidden Lands, I I do want to revive that uh, on the show. Yes. 
Yes, yes. We'll I'm, 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 well. I'm entirely on board to, to DM it if, if we can't get Jody back. All right, all right, cool, cool. Um, I suggest for uh, the geek in your life uh, that uh, maybe you want to buy a gift for. And originally I said that I wanted to suggest the Marvel Crisis Protocol starter set, which is a greatest, great starter set. I know Are we talked about last your mind, episode. Doug? I am. I'm actually changing my mind. He's calling it audible. That's a sports story, um, It's a great starter set. I am. I am. Um, it's probably one of the better starter sets that, that I've seen on the market. Uh, if you like miniatures games or if you know somebody that likes superheroes and likes uh, miniatures games, definitely uh, consider picking that up this Christmas. Uh, but my suggestion for the geek in your life, especially if they are a fan of the Dark Horse comic, Hellboy is the Mantic Games Hellboy miniatures board game. The, that game is phenomenal. I love it so much. Uh, it's very thematic. Uh, there are a couple other f- miniatures board games that I probably would suggest that uh, that have come out this year that might rank a little bit higher, but I don't think that they've they've actually. I think they have not hit retail, or they're not going to hit retail. But this game, I know you can find in, in retail shelves uh, uh, this Christmas season, uh, or this holiday season, I should say. Uh, the Hellboy board game is very fun. You can play it solo. It comes with all these little case files, and you can play the case files over and over again. You kind of lose something after you, you've you've uh, you've played them once. You kind of realize like what you're going to be playing against, and you realize kind of the hooks of the story of the case file and everything. But the replayability is there. No case file is probably gonna, is going to play the same over again. Um, and the production quality is is amazing. Um, you can play it solo. You can play it with your friends. It's very co-op. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to tell you right now that uh, if you are a fan of Hellboy and not the Hellboy movie that, that came out with Harbor and cause that was not a good movie, but <laughs> I, I that, that'll be a whole nother. I think we've, we talked about that a few, uh, a few episodes ago we did uh, mention that, when yeah. we first, uh, when we first started this podcast. Uh, but if you love, uh, the Hellboy universe, I'm going to tell you, and a lot of, a lot of geeks do love the hellboy universe um that board game is is very good and manatic has a great did a great job with it uh it it was designed by uh james hewitt and uh sophie oh shoot i didn't even think of looking that up (gasps) james and sophie uh, from needy needy cat games uh they did a phenomenal job uh designing that game and i'm gonna tell you right now if if you're if the geek in your life loves hellboy uh, you should definitely uh, see if they if they don't have the Hellboy board game, you should pick it up because it's uh, it's really well done. That's uh, yeah. I do have I, a, that... I do have a good stocking stuffer for people. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> game fuel. <laughs> no, oh, Bar- Barney's got a stocking stuffer I too. Got a stocking stuffer right here. <laughs> um, Three oh seven, right there. Only oh, nine man. calories, man, and oh, it's only geez. it's good. It's good for you. It's uh, just, uh, is it though? Is it though? Is it really? Is it I, really? I will say that high fructose corn syrup is not the first ingredient. Uh, it's the second. It's the second. Oh man! But then white grape juice concentrate is the third, at least in this flavor. Ooh, 
All right. I think that's going to do it for this episode of the Chaotic Good Cast. It was chaotic, but it was so good. I want to thank my fellow casters, Ben Higgins from Quarter Staff Games, Rob Collegian from A Pond's Perspective, Barney Smith from storycomic.com, and also our resident geek of the North, Jason Hunt. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Hit it, Ben. It's Pants Parody Song Time. So uh, I want to preface this by saying my apologies to Lady Gaga. It started with I like pants. When Doug said I like pants. P-A-N-T-S. 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 NTS, yeah, we just like pants. We want some khakis, so we want dungarees. We'll wear some hammer pants as long as they're free. We just like pants. Pants, 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 we just like pants. We'll wear some pleather, a scot plaid or pant. Gray, brown, or black, hell, we'll even wear mint. We just like pants. Pants, 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 we just like pants. You know that we want them. You know that we need them. We want them bad. We like pants. We want them now and we want them for cheap. A simple fact is we like pants. Whoa. Some pants downs or some great goodwill finds. Nothing fancy. We just like pants. Whoa. whoa. Oh, my God. Started with I like pants. Whoa. 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 When Doug said, I like pants. <laughs> that was brilliant. Oh. And I can't wait for the auto turn ver- dance mix oh version God, of that to come that out. That was amazing. Oh, <laughs> <It's> fantastic. <man. laughs>